A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everyone, welcome back to part two of the Stomp Car. Sophie and I are just, well, meandering down a lovely path. It's only drizzled on us a little bit. Luckily, I had my handy umbrella to hand, well, actually, Emma just gave it to me um, <laughs> to pop it up, but it's been otherwise quite dry and autumnal. It's kind of quite nice, isn't it? You're in yeah, a t shirt, you're, you're chilling. I'm feeling, you know, I did bring a jumper with me just in case because, you know, I'm a realist, but I'm feeling okay. It's actually quite nice, isn't it? We've got a couple of dogs out on a run, people are just enjoying the days, it's beautiful. I'd love to pick up a little bit from where we left off, but also actually really focus on something I saw on your, on your Instagram and everyone should go and follow your page afterwards, you must, or even right now as you're meandering. Actually, if you're wandering now, please be careful. If you're gonna go on the Instagram, I don't want you to trip <laughs> over or something. So do it later instead. But anyway, one of the posts I saw, you were talking about a recent government uh, campaign about disability. And I just wondered if you could, because you put a, brilliantly on that post in your own words what what was the campaign about and what do you think some of the things we should think about is when we're asking questions and having the right kind of boundaries and respecting people's boundaries around conversations about disability yeah absolutely so the campaign the hashtag of it was um ask don't assume which i thought on a surface level sounds like a great sort of you know tagline mm -hmm. it, it sounds if i didn't know anything about disability i'd go okay well, there's nothing wrong with that um but i know what a lot of the disabled community took problem with was the campaign was quite vague mm -hmm. and it seemed to be centered around you know it's okay to just go up to disabled people and ask them anything they like mm. um and i know a lot of people would be very surprised by this but the amount of people who already <laughs> just come up to me and ask me whatever they mm. liked um, I mean, it still happens now, but especially when I was first injured, I went back to work and I was working in retail years ago. Um, and you'd be surprised by the amount of customers who would just stop me in what I was doing in my job to be, mm. why are you in a wheelchair? You know, what's wrong with you? This, that, whatever. And like really personal questions. Um, I think when you compare it to anything else, I think you wouldn't ask like someone that is so personal. No. If I was just to go up to you and say, oh, what, what's your medical history? Or yeah. tell me about the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to you. Yeah. Is kind of basically sort of what you're asking. It's kind of like saying someone looking so like, why, why do you look depressed? Yeah. And why do you look like this? You wouldn't, yeah, and it's you wouldn't just, do that. It's already such a problem. I know particularly for disabled women as well. Um, it does, ha you know, it does affect disabled men, absolutely. But disabled women experience such a specific type of misogyny um, and are asked some really, really personal, horrendous questions just by people on the street, people on buses, people on tubes. Um, and with the context of that being a problem that disabled people already face, the don't assume, just mm. ask, kind of has quite a sort of sinister feel to it because it's almost licensing people to just go ask whatever they want. Now, I think the campaign isn't completely bad, but I do think there needs to be more nuance and more context to mm. it. What are we just asking disabled mm. people? Um, and why, I, perhaps? Yeah, and why are What's we asking? Are we asking? asking because we want to help? Um, so, you know, if I was getting onto a bus and someone said, oh, would, would you like me to help you up the ramp? Absolutely, that's a lovely question to ask, you know, mm. I'd really appreciate that. 
A dog you stopped thought to say we were going to have a dog joyless. <laughs> He's being shown off his ball, I think. <laughs> He's a star of the show now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think if we're going to ask questions about accessibility and accessibility needs, that's absolutely something we should be asking. And I think that is the conversation that we should be having more about. Um, and as you say, asking, uh, asking ourselves, why do we need to know? Why mm. do we want to know? And is it just because we want to satisfy our morbid yeah. curiosity we want to find out some gossip or do we actually care about helping disabled people in the situations that they're currently in and helping with access mm. it's it you know it and i'm i'm so glad that you've talked about it because i think you're right on the face of it you look at that hashtag and you think well that sounds reasonable yeah right but obviously it's going to sound reasonable to some able-bodied person like me who doesn't understand yeah you know and i think that is why these nuance these things these campaigns is actually really important because if people don't understand the application of it or mm -hmm. don't understand that nuance, then it's applied incorrectly and then yeah. we're not addressing the things we want to and actually encouraging people to ask for the questions. Why do you think, why do these kind of campaigns exist? I, know sounds, I, don't, know a, I don't know if that's a silly question, but <laughs> what, what is the purpose of them? And, and I guess if we were to give you the, the reins to kind of change that oh, wow. hashtag and have it differently, what would you say, what would you want people to focus on or know or hear, especially able-bodied people who can yeah. learn a bit more to A, support people or treat people with dignity and respect. Yeah, I think it's really, it's, it's easier to, oh wow, we've just seen another, another beautiful dog. dog. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, That's a horse, I think. Yeah, it is, it's really as tall as me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, one, it's easier from my perspective to go, well, that's not okay, and here's my criticism. It's mm. another thing to be able to create a really great mm. campaign, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not obviously um, yeah, yeah. actually thinking, but <laughs> I just, just kind of some of the key features, and if you're going to change some of the nuances, how, how, do we, how do we try and make sure that the messages we do get across are right? Because I think what basically where it kind of, I think that comes from is that, you know, I, I would always, you know, as myself, I, I understand that I don't understand what it is to live yeah. someone else's life but I would like to as best as I can treat yeah. someone the way that they deserve and like to be treated and mm -hmm. I guess I guess that's what I'm asking is um yeah like what are the things that we should know and how should we treat people that is respectful yeah, and I, well, I, think, I think the biggest step really is having more disabled people involved across the board in different sectors and mm. in different industries whatever it is and I know disabled people were included in that campaign but it's understanding that the voices of a few disabled people don't represent a whole community and I think the noise that was made from that campaign and you know the, the comments people were saying from it it showed that there was an overwhelming amount of people who had a lot of criticism for you know the reasons that we just stated so I think it's understanding that not everyone's going to feel the same so we need to be talking to as many people as we mm. can um, and having disabled people and you know queer people, people of colour, where all, all those identities intersect as well, having those people across the board mm. in different sectors, mm. um, I think that's when we'll really start to make a change because we'll be hearing a variety of mm. opinions. I've been on countless shoots and like different campaigns and stuff like that before, particularly in my early career when I was just happy to be in the room and like, you know, didn't want to cause a fuss, didn't say anything. Mm. And I've been the only disabled person. And it's been very evident that there's been no disabled people on the team behind right. as well because there's been like a half broken ramp or you know a disabled toilet which isn't really like big enough or you know little things like that where it's very clear there's been no disabled eyes on this um and i think that becomes so evident when you're in spaces as a disabled person you can look at a situation and go yeah, a disabled person hasn't been involved here because it's not that smooth experience. You're politely talking, you're very politely kind of, what I'm taking from that is almost a sense of tokenism in some yeah. sense, which is not what it, what it should be. Yeah. Because I guess 
it's kind of like, I'm trying to imagine this way, it's kind of like me going out and be like, they ask me an opinion and I voice the opinion of a 30-year-old white guy that lives in London. That's that's the opinion of everyone's opinion. Just yeah. th- do you know what I mean? In the sense <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I guess it's like going, right, that's that person or that's their experience. Or if I listen to that one person, yeah. I take into account all of that, which obviously is absolute nonsense. I'm yeah. one specific person, whatever. And you often hear people say things like, oh, but I had a disabled sibling or a disabled cousin and they, they, they didn't mind or they didn't say anything. I'm like, well, yeah, but that's because they're your family and mm. they might have come from a completely different background. They might not have experienced the same things that everyone else has experienced and they might have different opinions on things. And like, that's okay, but it's not licensed to then go, oh, well, that doesn't mm. matter. We had Adam Pearson on the Stompcast and he was talking, and we were talking about like able body, disability, ableism, talking about like different terms of this and, and anyway what I found really powerful what you're saying which I think uh, echoes a lot of what you've said is that don't try and have like a tech a kind of ticker box or just have like okay we've got one disabled person or you know we're gonna create a show for disabled people it should yeah. be representation across all yeah. and I thought that was really kind of I was like that was a really powerful statement or point to make is that actually should we not be having people in front of the camera, behind yeah. the camera, on the mics, you know, you know what I mean? Like across, amongst across HR, board. whatever it is. Yeah. So that then I guess the trickle effect of like other people will come across issues and so yeah. go, well, actually that ramp is not right or this isn't I, right. I recently did a show at London Fashion Week for mm. this amazing brand called Unhidden and it's it's owned by a disabled woman. It's fully run by disabled people and the show, everyone in the show was disabled as well. And it was just so it was so interesting working on that because all of the things that we would normally ask almost didn't have to be asked um we asked them obviously because you know we want to check things like okay is there a disabled toilet and is this that and whatever involved and they would almost be like yes of course of course it is because you know we we've done that research and we've we've crossed those bridges um and it was one of the only few times where i've seen as you said that trickle down Mm. effect really come into the brand and you can see everywhere a part of that show and everywhere part of that their whole work you can really see that trickle down effect and what an amazing mm. impact it has on their work mm. and I imagine the the knock-on effect mental well-being of, of everyone that's that's there right and I think um or I wonder you know is there other examples you have where you've seen really good work done but perhaps the able body community also considering making the right adaptations because I think as it going back to that point I, my mum always brought me up with this thing of like every, treat everyone as best as you can, like treat yeah. people well, always try and think of others. You know, what, is there examples that people can take from or like learn from that you've seen and gone, do you know what, that was actually done really well. Really well. That was a good example. For yeah. Example. First person that came to mind really is I really, really love the showrunner Russell T. Davis. Mm-hmm. I'm an absolutely huge Doctor Who geek, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So I absolutely love Russell as a writer, but um, he works a lot with my friend Ruth Madley, who's an actress as well, and she, um, she uses a wheelchair. Um, she's an ambulatory wheelchair user, so she can just, you know, yeah, sometimes also use a wheelchair. Um, and there was this major show, I don't know if you saw it, called Years and Years. I don't know if I did see it. It, okay. was, it was really, really good. It really, really good show. Um, I definitely recommend watching it. Um, and in the show, there was a point where she actually talks about her disability and she they're having the conversation of... Um, 
you know, well, if you'd known about your disability, if there was a cure for it, would you want to mm. change it? And the way they handled it on the show, you could really tell that she'd really been involved in the process of the writing as well. And I remember watching, because sometimes when I, I, I always say like, yeah, we need more representation. And then when I see something that's got a wheelchair user in it, I'm almost sometimes a little bit scared to watch mm. it because I think, oh, I hope it's not bad representation because then I, I feel like, oh, that's kind of ruined the show for me personally. Mm. But I was watching that and I thought, you can really tell she's really been behind the scenes influencing the writing and influencing that story and it just made me feel very very I think happy just watching mm. it I think so I think that just goes back to what we were saying about talk to people especially mm. if you're in the process of making something writing something designing something setting something up talk to as many people as you can I mean the more eyes on something the better mm. right most of the time mm. and I think that's absolutely true for disability because I think what you know for example um, you know when we when I invited to do and wanted you to come on the podcast you know, I said to the team, obviously, ah, oh, so you know, where's best? We always travel to where people want to, to record us for the many reasons, the concept of it, that I want to be in the environment that you like and that yeah. there's, a, there's some kind of connection for you to that place. But, you know, how can we help? What can we do to support? Is that the right kind of questions to ask? And Because like, I, I was like, you know, it's a really good opportunity f to learn as well for me and go, like, you know, make sure that I'm doing the best that I can. Is, yeah. is there, are those the right questions to ask? Are there any tips for anyone that runs a small business? Or, I don't know, like, any scenario where, yeah, they might have, you know, a person with a disability working for them or joining yeah. them or they're working with someone. And just, like, yeah, some advice about how to approach those questions, but also make sure you're thinking of the right things. Yeah. Yeah, I, know, I really appreciate that as well. Um, yeah, I think it's... I think... One thing to bear in mind is that I think disabled people... Oh, we've got a lovely Labrador coming towards us now. Nice I have such a soft lab. spot for Labradors. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think one thing about disabled people is we're so used to adapting to the bare minimum or we're so used to adapting in situations where we're like, oh, I can make it work. Mm. Um, and I think so a really good question to ask is, is there anything you know, I can do to make it easier? Or is there any you know, changes that we can make? Mm. Is there, you know, and I think making it easier is... I would really personally love that question because I think if someone says to me, oh, is, is that okay? I'm so used to just making stuff work a lot of time. So don't assume and just be like, yeah, so, otherwise just, it basically says, is that okay what we've done? Well, you're automatically putting words yeah. in your mouth. There's a question, can we do anything else to make it can easier? It gives you the opportunity, else? I guess. Yeah, because I think a lot of the time you don't, you don't want to cause a fuss, especially because I know for me, especially at the early stages of my career, it was so hard to get into, into doors sure. and into places. I think, well, I don't want to cause a fuss in quotation marks when I'm there. So if someone was to say, to me oh is there anything else we can do to make it easier or you know or even leaving it as an open-ended question or if there is anything else we can do to make it easier let me know because you know you might go away and then you might think actually no I've changed my mind on that and come back so I think it is just that openness and showing that openness to be like look we can help um, and leaving it up to them to tell you Mm. what they need mm. um so i know i've worked with a lot of amazing brands and pr agencies as well i have had some you know bad experiences but i have worked with some amazing brands mm. and pr agencies and it's always works the best when they just say um you know or well, we have xyz but also let us know what you need and we can just make that happen or you know we'll try and find a way to make that happen Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I had a message from someone um, a couple of months ago, who I hope has uh, had a good recovery, who had a, quite a major spinal uh, uh, operation and was having an extended period of time in, uh, in the bed and then in recovery process. And they were using the stomp cast as a way mm. to be outdoors and to kind of feel you know that a joy of nature and I'm just thinking you know for anyone that is disabled at whatever uh, levels or has a physical difficulty of ability at the moment what about for them representing their own rights and like you said you were worried about like getting your, you getting your foot in the door yeah. and you're in a world that's competitive and yeah. you're worried about it but then also I mean a that's a sad way to think but it is sadly part of, I guess part of the reality but it shouldn't be what advice would you give to people in making sure you actually you are protecting your, a, your boundaries and actually you're advocating for yourself as well, for your own yeah. rights, which you deserve, you know? Yeah, I think advocating for yourself is like the perfect term as well because I think part of becoming disabled and part of that journey is learning that you do have to advocate for yourself. Um, I have a friend, Sophie Morgan, who is doing fantastic work right now. She's also um, uses a wheelchair and she has a spinal injury like me as well and she's doing fantastic work um, on this campaign called Rights on Flights. Mm. And it's basically to working to protecting um, disabled people when they're travelling um, through the skies on airlines. Um, and something she, I remember she used to really stuck with me is when she became disabled, she didn't realise she'd have to be like her own law enforcement or like she'd have to learn the laws that protect her and she'd have to learn Bloody her yeah. rights yeah. from such a young age as well. I think she was a teenager. Um, and it's quite a sad thing to think, isn't it's it? It really is sad because you probably would never have thought of it before. So, I mean, you have to know, you know, your legal rights. Gosh. But then there is like a personal side to it of because everyone's boundaries is going to be different. I know there are some disabled people. I know most of my friends don't like it, but there are some disabled people who actually don't mind talking about their accidents or their mm. medical, you know, um, diagnosis and stuff like that. So it's really setting your own boundaries and knowing, well, I'm not comfortable with that. And I think something that I always have to remind myself, especially as a disabled woman, is like, no is a full sentence. You can just say, no, or I'm not comfortable with that, or no, that's not okay to ask, or I don't want to talk about that. And I think it's learning to practicing those sayings, and they are... Ooh. He's saying he's saying something, I don't know whether it's yes or no. He's I can't saying, really he's tell. saying no is a full he's, sentence. Uh, he's, saying, he's saying, give me my ball back, probably, yeah. He's like, hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, as as the dog has just demonstrated. Yeah, Yeah. no is a full sentence. And I think it's like learning to practice those sayings. I remember when I first became disabled. And if someone asked me a question, even if I didn't want to answer it, I would be like, I feel like I was on like life questions or something or like a TV show. I'd be like, oh, right, okay, I need to give an answer because you feel like you kind of have to because sometimes people will approach you with such an audacity that it almost feels rude to it just disarms say no. you almost doesn't yeah, it yeah sometimes it can really catch you off guard i remember when i worked in retail sometimes i'd be you know taking the tags off people's alcohol and suddenly i'd be like oh why am i in a wheelchair okay right let me think of a polite response to that and i think it's just it's very very odd to walk that line of i'm setting my boundaries 
but also I think I don't think it's rude to just mm. say actually I don't want to talk about that yeah. it's not rude at all and I think we need to empower more disabled people to learn what their boundaries are and also to be able to enforce them as mm. well it feels like what you're saying is again what we were talking about earlier about the why is important because if someone's asking you like so if um, you're in a wheelchair we're going to go to I don't know um, do a shoot at this location what do you need like what do you what do you require how can we support you there's a reason why you're asking that question whereas people are just asking and you're just coming up to someone but yeah. it's not it goes back to that point you wouldn't just ask someone else I don't know like I yeah. you wouldn't I kind of trying to think of a, a specific example but you wouldn't go and approach someone else and ask an unsolicited question without a good purpose would yeah you? It, I always think of it as like what is the reason behind the question I think is the most important thing and sometimes I'll because sometimes I'll look at a question and I think hmm, I'm not sure about your intentions so I'm going to see how it plays out um, you know and sometimes it really all does depend on context so I think that's why it's really important for each individual to know like okay well I'm not comfortable with that whereas like another person might be. Mm. Well thank you for, for sharing that. It's really great to have these conversations because I genuinely think it's such a format and you, I'm grateful that you, you're so open to actually share like a lived experience that people can really listen to mm. and understand because I do genuinely, genuinely believe most people want to do the best and be yeah. polite and treat people well. Uh, that is not, however, an excuse for ignorance and therefore how do you combat ignorance? You yep. learn and that's why these conversations are useful. So thank you so much. Um, right everyone, we'll come to end of part two. Um, it's been a really, really enlightening talk as I've just said and we're going to continue that uh, in part three. So see you very soon. Goodbye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com